Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Lone Donut. He called this one, One, please, allow me to tell you his tale. I finally checked myself into the hospital after my little meeting. As expected, the doctors had plenty of questions. And as they treated one wound after the next, they were adamant that I tell them what happened. I did the only thing I could think of. I played dumb. I was the victim of amnesia and had no idea how I ended up with a fractured foot. Missing finger, toe, eye, and ear. A shard of glass on my shoulder, and a burn mark in the shape of a key on the palm of my hand. No doctor, I had no idea how this happened to me. I rested in the hospital for over a week. The doctors refusing to let me leave until they were sure I wasn't a danger to myself or others. I assured them there would be no more hospital visits in the future. After getting a semi-clean bill of health, I started the task of collecting what I needed for step one. I counted and recounted the keys over and over, keeping them on a single keyring made of solid steel. I wore it around my neck on a heavy chain and stowed it away beneath my shirt at all times. I wouldn't risk losing one now, not when I was so close to seeing her again. The day finally came where I would complete step one and see my dear Sopai again. The cemetery was empty and a low mist clung to the ground. The air had a slight chill to it, and it felt refreshing in my tired lungs. The stay at the hospital was nowhere near enough time to let my body rest, and exhaustion clung to every step I took. I parked my car as close to her grave as I could, but it was still a good 20 feet to her plot. I popped the trunk and grunted as I pulled out a heavy duffel bag. It landed on the pavement with a thud, and I glanced around once more to make sure I was alone. I couldn't be stopped now, not when she was this close to being in my arms once again. Dragging the bag along the ground proved to be not as difficult as I had thought. The wet grass acted as a sort of lubricant and helped to slide along the heavy bag. I stopped when I reached her grave and set the bag down before it. Wiping the sweat from my brow, I went back to my car and pulled a shovel out of the trunk. If I thought I was exhausted before I dug the hole, I certainly was once I was done. I stood atop her wooden casket, but couldn't bear to pry it open. I didn't want to see what nature had done to her while she was away. I could already smell the distant scent of rot once I had cleared the dirt from the wood. I took a moment to regain my breath, sitting on the edge of the hole and twirling the keyring in my hands. A groan from behind me startled me into action. I gripped the shovel, holding it high above my head, before crashing it down on the duffel bag behind me. I heard a wet crack. Then silence. Kneeling, I slowly unzipped the bag and examined its contents. He wasn't hard to find. He had been scrounging through an overflowing shopping cart underneath an overpass. With one quick whack with a tire iron, he was out. He smelled of filth and death, and I coughed as the smell hit me. Blood was trickling down from the top of his head, and I now saw that his nose was busted and gushing blood everywhere. I had hit him square in the face with the shovel and he once again was out cold. I pulled the bag apart so that I had access to his entire body. 
His clothes were raggedy and came apart with a simple tuck. Once he was exposed, I took the key ring off my necklace and took a deep breath. They started to glow faintly as I held them close to his body. I wiggled the red key off the ring, and a keyhole appeared on his left forearm. I eased the key in, then gave it a turn. A sickening snap echoed in the night air, and another groan escaped the homeless man. I quickly pulled off the yellow key, and a similar keyhole appeared in his right arm. I inserted it and gave it a turn. Another snap, another groan, then the blue key. I searched his body until I found another keyhole, this time on his left thigh. Insert, turn, snap, groan. I was sure he would wake during all this and try to fight back. I had to hurry and finish this part as fast as I could. The green key, as expected, then went into his right thigh. Now he was completely immobile. Even if he woke, he would have no control of his limbs. All he could do is scream. The purple key created a keyhole in the center of his forehead. I brushed away his matted gray hair and slid the key into the slot. Now he could no longer scream. I relaxed, knowing that even if he woke, there would be nothing he could do to stop me. The black key created a keyhole on the upper part of his chest, right between his ribcage. It took a couple jabs, but the key finally slid in and I was able to give it a turn. The man was no longer groaning now and I feared that he had died before the process was complete. I held a finger under his nose and waited. There, slow shallow breaths. I had to hurry. The white key went underneath the black one by a couple of inches. Like the black one, it took a couple tries, but it eventually went in the slot. Turn, snap. The silver key went below the white one, centered just above his navel. I had to put my entire weight on the key to get it to slide in and it took all of my strength to get it to turn. Once all the keys were locked in, they started to glow and hum softly. I held the final gold key up and prepared myself for the final part. I pulled the collar of my shirt down to expose a keyhole that had appeared over my heart. I knew this would be a pain worse than anything I had gone through, but this was the final step, the final piece, the final torture. Closing my eye, I prepared myself then plunged the golden key into my chest. The pain was indescribable, like being hit by bolts of lightning over and over, my flesh searing off, regrowing, then peeling once again. It felt as if nails were being driven underneath my fingernails. I experienced death over and over and begged for it to end. I managed to stay conscious through the pain. I could feel the ground quaking underneath me and watched as the homeless man's body was dragged into the earth by scarred black hands. A light erupted from Sophie's grave, and I shielded my eyes from the blast. Then it was quiet. I crawled over to the edge of the grave and peered in. Nothing. Panic started to grow the longer time went by. This was all a trick, all for nothing. Just as my hope was about to shrivel up and die, I heard a soft thump from the casket. I quickly scrambled into the hole and pulled the casket open with the remaining strength I had left. There, sitting up, breathing, and alive, was Sophie. She was coughing and waving the dust away from her face. But it was her, not a decaying corpse or mutilated demon. It was her in one solid, beautiful piece. Her cheeks were flushed with life, and her eyes fluttered in the dark light. Sobbing, I threw my arms around her and cradled her to my chest. Everything had worked, all the pain, sorrow, death I had witnessed was all worth it. My life could finally begin again. I pulled away from her for a moment, 
cradling her face in my hands. I could gaze at her face for all eternity. Her skin was so soft, so warm. Her brilliant blue eyes sparkled even in the dark night. I could see her in them, the girl I risked everything for. She looked at me with confusion in her eyes. Then she said three words, three simple words. They changed everything. Who are you? My world came crashing down around me. They had played one final trick on me. I was never meant to win. I bet my soul against the devil and lost. The girl I loved, who I saw as the center of my universe, didn't know who I was. With that, I completed step one. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels and a blessed day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.